1: She's here to give you those extra tips that you don't always get from other health and wellness programs. Kristen has all the bases covered and just a bit more. Now, here is your host, Kristen Harper.
2: Hello, listeners. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on Voice America's Health and Wellness channel and also on CampMX. I hope all of you are doing well. Today's episode is about 5G wireless technology, also microplastics, and avoid synthetic clothes. And I have two special guests. My first guest I will be interviewing is Rachel Saranoff, and I'll be going over her bio here shortly. And then my second guest is Serge. He'll be joining me at 3.30. So today you will be learning about 5G wireless technology. What is it and how do we protect our health from this technology? How is it different from 4G wireless technology We also will be talking about plastic microfibers and the problems with synthetic clothes for our health and environment and the importance of wearing natural clothes and much more. And if you would like to be a sponsor of the show, please send me an email to Kristen, Kristen, at Kristen HarperSpeaks.com, and your business will get a lot of coverage because voice America is the largest internet radio network in the world. And also KFNX is the largest radio network in Phoenix, Arizona. And also if you'd like to learn more about me, go to my hair analysis website, perfect health services.com. You can check out my hair analysis packages there to balance body chemistry naturally and to increase energy, improve sleep, and and much more. And I just wanted to give you a story real quick of uh, a new client that I've been consulting with. I've been coaching him. And I reviewed his hair test, and he's a new client. And one of his problems was uh, insomnia, having trouble sleeping at night. And based on hair analysis research, there's two types of insomnia, type 1 and type 2. Well, type 2 has to do with a magnesium deficiency. And sure enough, there's indicators on a hair analysis if a person has magnesium deficiency. And he had a high calcium-magnesium ratio. It was high, and that's actually an indicator that a person has a magnesium deficiency so i recommended some supplements for him including magnesium and i was really excited that he contacted me recently and told me that he's actually going to bed a lot earlier now than he's ever he used to like you know go to bed really really late and now he's able to go to sleep earlier and his, his sleep has improved which is exciting also if you'd like to go to my speaking website. I'm a health and wellness speaker, and it's Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, harperspeaks.com. So let me go over my uh, guest bios here. My first guest, she'll be joining me here at the, the first uh, 30 minutes, is... Rachel Lincoln Sarnoff, she is the executive director of the Five Dyers Institute, the ocean conservation nonprofit that first identified plastic microbeads in the United States and campaigned for a successful federal ban in 2015. A former journalist, Rachel was the executive director of Healthy Child Healthy World, now part of the Environmental Working Group and founder of... Eco, Stiletto, and MommyGreenest.com. She promoted sustainability on the Today Show and CNN, among others, authored the big list of things that suck, and the Mommy Greenest Guide to Pregnancy, Birth, and Beyond, and presented the popular TEDx talk, Can One Straw Change the World?, Previously, Rachel executed marketing and development strategies for mission-driven brands and organizations. A mother of three, Rachel lives with her family in Los Angeles. And then I will go over Serge's bio later. So I'd like to welcome Rachel to my show. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And uh, just glad to have you. And uh, I appreciate what your organization is doing Rachel, if you could just let my listeners know, where are you presently located?
3: Uh, So we're based in Culver City, California. Um, And actually, that is interesting in light of one of our campaigns, which is not related to microfibers, but is related to another type of plastic called polystyrene. Um, We helped Culver City become the 100th municipality in California to ban polystyrene. Now there's 116 in California, I think. And we're looking at a, a national um, ban, oh, sorry, a, a statewide ban, hopefully next year.
2: Wow, that's amazing. Very, very impressive. You guys are, the organization is doing great work. And I recommend my listeners, I'll have Rachel at the very end, um, give out uh, contact information Uh, But I went to the organization's uh, website and I highly recommend you go there. They have so much information, um, especially just about uh, there's, I mean, all kinds of topics and a lot of information on plastic, including plastic fashion, plastic bottles, plastic straws, bags. I mean, there's so much great information. So uh, Rachel, I really wanted to talk about this topic today because I just, it's been like in the news and um, all over Facebook and I've seen videos on this as well about the plastic microfibers and synthetic clothing. So I wanted to ask you, do you feel that synthetic fabric clothes, including, for example, polyester is a problem because of these plastic microfibers? Yeah. So, I mean, I think what you're
3: probably referring to, so there was a study um, in 2014 that actually, interestingly, was um, was commissioned by Patagonia. And Patagonia is one of the biggest manufacturers of, um, you know, sports clothing, action sports clothing, hiking clothing, things that, that really depends on high performance, what they call high performance fabrics, which are typically made from synthetics. Um, and so you would think that they would not want to share this, you know, the fact that um, this study found out that when you wash one fleece jacket, as many as 250,000 plastic microbeads, sorry, microfibers can be released. Um, and the problem is that right now, our washing machines don't have filtration that would um, prohibit those microfibers from going through our, our waste treatment facilities and into our waterways. So that's why you end up with these tiny microfibers in, um, you know, there have been studies in the last couple of years. We've found them in water. We found them in drinking water, bottle drinking water. We found them in salt, in fish, in shellfish, um, you know, microplastics, which are plastic particles less than, five millimeters and microfibers are a type of microplastic are really working their way into our food chain. So I wouldn't say so much that, um, you know, specifically pointing the finger at one type of, of, um, of fabric. I mean, the truth is all fabrics shed fibers. um, But the challenge with the fabrics that are made out of plastic um, is that our filtration systems and the way that we're managing them, you know, it's not adequate. Um, so polyester, nylon, spandex, uh, p- materials made from PET, which is plastic. Those are all, um, acrylic. Those are all, uh, fabrics that are made from synthetic fibers. And so when those synthetic fibers shed, um, they're not going to biodegrade like, like a fiber that's from a, you know,
0: cotton or wool.
2: Yes. Um, uh- Very good information. And so do you feel that individuals should be wearing organic clothes, like natural clothing? So I think that's an individual choice. Um, You know, there's a lot of different factors,
3: uh, you know, that come into what you choose to put not only on your body when it comes to fabric, but also what you're putting on your, your, you know, your bedding, your towels, um, your uh, carpet, for example, they're all, those are all different decisions that everyone makes for themselves. Um, I, I will say that, you know, when, you know, I try to wear natural materials, preferably organic, um, mostly because I really believe that, um, that pesticides, especially in, in massive crops like cotton are really detrimental to the earth. So I want to try to support that by um, buying organic, but, um, typically, I'm buying, um, I, I pretty much only shop at thrift stores, so I'm not buying new. So I'm also trying to keep keep fabrics, keep, uh, keep clothing out of the waste stream by doing that. But um, those are all individual choices. I think what, what we can all do collectively is really push for um, better management of plastics. Um, you know, right now there's no, there's, I think there's legislation in California that is still pending um, that would, for example, put a, um, a a tag on a microfiber on on a garment that's made from microfibers or, or made from, sorry, synthetic, uh, fabrics that shed microfibers that says this is a synthetic garment and it sheds microfibers, which potentially, um, you know, are environmentally can be, can be challenging environmentally. So, you know, that I think that kind of legislation is really great, and it would be great to see that continue to evolve perhaps to the point where we mandate that washing machine manufacturers, just like dry, dryers, have to have a filtration system on there. There's no reason why, in the same way that when we dry clothes, we have to clean that lint filter, which, by the way, that lint is, if you're washing synthetics, is primarily synthetic microfibers. Um, there's no reason why we shouldn't have the have the ability to do the same thing with our washing machine, to filter, to better filter what's coming out of our washing machine so that um, we're not sending so many plastic microfibers into the, the waste stream. And then if you do use, you know, buy and wear synthetic fabric, so it's a little hard to, for example, um, you know, wear a bathing suit that's not made from some sort of synthetic material. Um, many people who are athletes um, you know, are dependent on these types of high performance materials for the different sports that they choose. So if you are using those types of materials in your life, then, you know, one way to mitigate, and this is information that's on our plastic fashion page, which is five, the number five gyres, G Y R E S. org slash plastic dash fashion. Um, so, you know, one way that you can, you can mitigate is wash those fabrics less, um, and hand wash them. Hand washing doesn't release as many microfibers, so hand wash them rather than machine washing them. And there are also some aftermarket um, filters that you can put on your washing machine. Um, we have one on our plastic-free shopping guide that's really cool, and you know works really well. It's a similar kind of principle to your dryer filter. Awesome, uh,
2: good information. That's excellent. And so. And I will just say, like me personally, I I, I do uh, believe in organic and natural clothing. And I had a previous guest on, I would say, I don't remember, sometime this year. And uh, she also just talked about toxins um, that are in, uh, if you're not wearing the organic, that there's um, toxins that can actually be absorbed into your body. And so I actually prefer the organic. T- so the challenge with, with anything plastic is that plastic never biodegrades. Um, It just
3: breaks down into these smaller and smaller pieces. So when you're talking about a microfiber, you're already talking about something that's very, very small. It's, it's, you know, it's it's shedding in in that small, small state. But even something like, um, you know, a straw or a cup, or as I mentioned before, polystyrene, which many of your listeners might recognize as um, expanded polystyrene foam, which a lot of people call styrofoam. You know those those types of plastic also break down into small microplastics that can work their way up the food chain. So in general, I think um, you know we we at Five Gyres really believe that we need to rethink the way that we are um, looking at especially single-use plastics, plastics that we can easily avoid, um, things that we use once and then we throw in the in the dry uh, sorry in the trash or in the recycling bin, thinking that by throwing it in the recycling bin, that is, you know, that's an okay choice. Um, even there, where a lot of those plastics are escaping our recycling system and ending up in the ocean. And um, that's why you're, we're getting these, these types of cycles, these types of studies of, of, of you know, our, the things that we're putting into our bodies um, already painted with, uh, with microplastics.
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I just wanted to mention like polyester, there's a yoga pants that contain a polyester fleeces underwear. And so before we go to a short break here, I just uh, wanted to kind of, if you could just get more into detail about the process of these plastic micro, microfibers and how they are basically, okay, they're in the synthetic clothes and then step-by-step, the whole process of how they actually get into the rivers, lakes, and oceans. And then once these uh, plastic microfibers are in our rivers, lakes, and oceans, then what happens next as far as um, the fish? And then once the fish consume these uh, microplastics, then how does that affect our health? I just want to know, like, step by step, the entire process.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I actually go into this pretty um, deeply in my TED talk, so that if you, you know, if your listeners or you are interested, um, it is, um, you know, kind of the bigger picture on the system and how it's failing. There's a a good overview there, but kind of in a nutshell, um, you know, you we have tiny pieces of plastic that whether they are coming from larger pieces that are breaking down or whether they're coming from, um, you know, if we're talking about fabric specifically, you know, you put your fleece in the washing machine, you wash it. And the water that's coming out of your washing machine um, has, you know, potentially from this study, we can say 250,000 of these tiny plastic microfibers in that water that water is going through a filter that is not small enough to catch those plastic microfibers. And so the water is going from that plant into, um, you know, your, your basically your water table. So with your, you know, rivers, lakes, ocean, wherever you are, it's, you know, it's going to end up the ocean is pretty much downstream from everywhere. unfortunately in this case. Um, so once the plastic microfibers are in, a place that, um, you know, has, uh, an ecosystem has, has life in it. You have tiny little creatures, organisms that are, you know, that think it's food. And so they eat it. And then there's a little fish that comes along and eats that little organism. And then there's a larger fish that eats that one. And pretty soon you get something like a tuna that has, you know, a lot of plastic potentially in its gut. And a lot of people will Say you know that well. We're not eating the gut of a fish, and that's absolutely true. Um, and another criticism of these you know studies that are finding plastic microfibers in different types of food is that the the quantities that they're finding are fairly low, and that is also true. But the thing we have to remember about plastic is many many plastics have um, are are made you know with chemicals that that do cause um endocrine disruption which means it's like changing the way that your hormones work in your body um plastics also have this ability to um absorb like a sponge pesticides um chemical fertilizers uh you know different different endocrine disrupting chemicals all of any of these things that would um that are in the environment they're going to suck it up they're like little sponges so if you think about the way that that plastic is working its way up the food chain, it's not just benign. It's not just you know a piece of plastic that a fish happens to eat. It also is a substance that has the ability to leach um, these potentially toxic substances into the food that you're eating.
2: Great, uh, wonderful information. I. Uh, Very great. So what we need to do is we need to go to a short break. And this is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is tips to keep you healthy, happy and motivated on Voice America's health and wellness channel. And also on KFNX. Please stay tuned and we'll be right back.
0: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
1: Kristen Harper is a health and wellness speaker and founder of Perfect Health Consulting Services. She inspires people all over the world to keep healthy, happy, and motivated. Get a virtual health coaching
0: Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with Kristen Harper. If you would like to connect with her, reach out via email to Kristen at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N at kristinharperspeaks.com. Now, back to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated.
2: We are back. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel and also on KFNX. And my special guest is Rachel Sarnoff with uh, Dyer's... Institute, and we have been talking about microplastics and synthetic clothing, and she's provided some wonderful information. And so we have about five minutes left or so, and I just wanted to get more information. If there's any other uh, comments you have about these uh, plastic micro microfibers affecting uh, our health, as well as the environment, which are coming from synthetic clothing?
3: Yeah. So, um, I think a great resource would be, you know, to look at that plastic fashion page. Um, there's definitely some tips on there. You know, I think choosing one of them, obviously we talked about is choosing natural fibers, um, preferably organic. If you, you know, if you, if, if synthetic is really the only option, then, um, you know, washing less um, hand washing. If you have the opportunity to choose a new washing machine, buy a front loader rather than a top loader that it releases less microfibers. And then if you already own a washing machine, um, you know, consider using an aftermarket microfiber filter, which we do have on our um, plastic-free shopping guide, which is on five gyres, the number five,
2: G-Y-R-E-S.org. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I highly recommend you go to their website. I I was really impressed. There's a lot of information here and I would really like to have this, um, organization and hopefully have them come, you know, have, uh, Rachel come back on at a later time. We can talk about these other topics. I, I uh, thought that, um, uh, the microbeads was really interesting, a problem with that. And there's basically, we all just need to reduce plastic. It's uh, very problematic, not only for our health, but also the environment. So, Rachel, if you have any last comments that you'd like to share about plastic and any last comments that you have that you'd like to share with my listeners.
3: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I think that the way to really look at it is, um, it's, you know, single-use plastic is just a habit. So straws, cups, lids, cutlery, you know, those are things that 50 years ago, people weren't just using automatically. We really thought about them. We um, valued them and we we considered them a resource um, that we, you know, weren't going to just use so quickly and throw away. So I think that it's just really a habit shift. You know, would we, the 1960s, 40% of us, uh, of Americans, adults smoked cigarettes and now- That number is less than 15%. We can do the same thing with plastic. It just has to do with um, becoming more aware of what we're using, being conscious, and, you know, taking some small steps like we've talked about today um, to reduce the amount that we are contributing to the environment.
2: Amazing. And uh, I was just curious, too, just looking at your uh, website, and you have a lot of resources there, but also, um, what about, like, do you guys get involved with events? At all, just to bring a lot of awareness to our society. Yeah,
3: we do. Um, we, have, uh, we have a very small team, so there are eight of us. Um, the co founders, um, Marcus and Anna, are have been running Five Gyres for the last 10 years. I've been with them for about two. And then pretty much everyone on our team, most of the people on our team, are also, um, you know, do. Speaking events at you know, speak at different events for different companies, different, you know, different school groups, depending on, on our, what our focus is. Um, we also have an ambassador program. So we have more than 500 ambassadors all around the world. If you go to fivegyres.org, you can see the map of where everyone is. And that's a great way if you're really interested in getting involved um, in this, you know, solution is to connect with other people who are similarly passionate about it. Um, so that's at slash ambassadors um, and there's a form, and then you can see the map of where everyone everyone is. But but there, I think we're in 54 countries around the world, so it's a pretty, pretty interesting um, group of people.
2: Amazing, and I really believe in what you guys are doing. I just have always felt for many years that plastic is definitely a problem. And you've even just seen like articles in the news, you know, about these uh, wells, you know, that are dead and they, they're full of plastic. And it's just, I'm really concerned for our environment as well as, uh, in, you know, people's health. And so I just feel like you guys are doing amazing work and I just want to thank you so much for coming on my show today. Thank you. No, it was really fun. I appreciate the conversation. Yes. Yeah, so it was nice to talk to you. I wish you my best. Thank you. You too. Okay. okay take care. Bye. And that was uh, Rachel. And you can go to their website again at five org. And now I'm really excited to have my second guest on my show. And we will be talking about 5G wireless technology. And I'm, I'm really excited to um, interviewed my second guest because he's been a Facebook friend for a long time, and he is from Australia, and his name is Serge, and I'm actually going to have him come on before I read his bio so he can tell me how to pronounce his last name. Hi, Serge.
0: Good day, Kristen. How are you? Uh,
2: good. I'm so glad to finally be able to talk to you. We've been friends on Facebook Likewise. for quite a while. Yes, it's so exciting. Exactly.
0: Exactly. It Uh, is very exciting. Thanks very much for having me on your show.
2: Oh, no problem. And can you let my listeners know how to pronounce your last name?
0: Sure, yeah. It's it's a bit of a challenge because it is French, uh, so it is pronounced Maillet.
2: Maillet. Oh, that's beautiful. I love it. So Serge Maillet. Okay, so let me read your bio. (laughs) Let me read your bio. It's Serge Maillet is a telecommunications architect and researcher based in Australia with domain expertise in radio frequency engineering. Serge has over 20 years of industry experience with the private and public sectors and has worked on some of the largest and most advanced multinational telecommunication network infrastructures worldwide. He also is completing a research project with the University of Liverpool, UK, in the realm of cybersecurity and industrial control networks with the objective of increasing public safety as well as national security. Serge also has a strong interest in the science of biology and has spent the last seven years researching the potential implications of electromagnetic frequencies, EMF, and the impacts of radio frequencies on human health. So, um, Serge, what time is it in Australia right now?
0: It is exactly 8 o'clock in the morning, Um, and I'm in Adelaide, so that's in South Australia.
2: Okay, and uh, what's the weather like for you this morning? The weather
0: is actually getting quite cool because we're about to head into our winter months here. Um, So today, it's expected to be in the low 70s, high 60s, low 70s. So for us, that really is cold. It's uh, definitely winter weather for Australia at the moment.
2: Right. And um, do you love Australia? I mean, that it's just absolutely beautiful.
0: It is definitely uh, a beautiful country. I'm mostly from Canada myself. I've lived in Canada for uh, most of my life. And um, I had the opportunity to live in the U.S. as well. Um, about 10 years ago and then I uh, decided to make uh, a giant leap forward to uh, the, literally the other side of the world uh, to Australia just to um, uh, ex- explore different pastures so to speak um, and it was originally only supposed to be a, a two-year adventure but uh, here I am seven years later still in Australia uh, and so far I've lived in three different states um, within this country so it's been what an interesting adventure, say the least. But absolutely beautiful country. If anybody has the opportunity to come and visit, uh, I would highly recommend it.
2: Awesome! Very great. Okay, so I'm just excited to have you on. And so now let's get into this information here. There's been a lot of talk about 5G wireless technology. So I. I want you
0: to let my listeners know what is 5G? 5G. Yes, the latest and greatest so to speak in terms of uh, the wireless realm. So 5G is essentially just the natural evolution of our um, cellular technology. So currently we're using a mix of 3G wireless as well as 4G. And all that really means is third generation and fourth generation. So what we're doing now is we're heading towards the fifth generation of LTE technologies, and LTE stands for Long-Term Evolution, which is a standard that was created by NERC innovation referred to as 3GPP, which stands for Third Generation Partnership Project, which is really a consortium of different companies, different organizations throughout the world that are developing um, the future standards of cellular wireless technologies for both uh, uh, commercial and industrial use. so the the reason that we're currently seeing an evolution towards 5G is to address some of the shortcomings of 4G, and that really has to be around the limitations of the radio frequency spectrum uh, in terms of uh, like the quality of service, the ability to provide broader coverage in larger geographic areas, being able to provide more bandwidth or data throughput for different applications that are going to be coming online very shortly, such as self-driving cars, we have smart homes and appliances and smart automation. Um, so this is all really around um, uh, Internet of Things. I'm sure you've, you've heard that, that terminology quite a few times. It's becoming quite pervasive uh, in uh, in both industry as well as, um, as commercial. Um, and what's really important to know is that 5G will bring some some really significant changes to how 4G is currently engineered, uh, all the the different carriers and wireless service providers. And these are some of the things that we're currently looking at. And to better understand what this means from, first of all, from an RF propagation perspective, from an infrastructure perspective, to be able to provide 5G coverage to uh, high-density areas, to residential areas, as well as uh, urban areas and to understand if there's any implications in terms of how this could uh, potentially impact um, human health.
2: Yes, okay. So before we go to a break, and you did talk about some of the differences. Is, are there any other differences that you wanted to share between the 5G and the 4G?
0: Yeah, and there's definitely going to be a, a lot of technical details, and I don't want to get too technical because it does tend to get quite confusing and, and trying to understand it from a nuts and bolts perspective. Um, but the, the one major difference between 4G and 5G is going to be your RF spectrum. So the RF spectrum is really your radio frequency, so that's the, the wireless radio waves that are transmitted through the air, uh, which is what's providing your um your signal for both voice and data communications. So currently in 4G, which is currently what we're using in uh, throughout the world as uh, as the main standard, your frequency is going to be uh, between 700 megahertz and upward and around of uh, 2.6 gigahertz, which is 2600 megahertz. What that really translates to is really you got to look at the wave cycles and that's how much, how many cycles you can fit per second uh, throughout the airspace so just to give you an example if you had a 2000 um, megahertz signal or two gigahertz that would represent two billion cycles per second um, and then that will basically alter the, the wave pattern so as we're heading into 5g what's happening now is we're going to be moving from uh, like in the 2000 megahertz all the way up to up to 80 gigahertz which means uh, 80 million cycles per second, and that's quite significant because of the radio waves are going to be much narrower, which means that the implications of um, human health is, is a bit greater, and I can go into more details on that.
2: Okay, so what, let's go to a short break, and then when we get back, we'll get more into detail about 5G and especially how it can affect our health. So this is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel and also on KFNX. Please stay tuned and we'll be right back.
0: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television?
1: Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Kristen Harper is a health and wellness speaker and founder of Perfect Health Consulting Services. She inspires people all over the world to keep healthy, happy, and motivated. Get a virtual health coaching or hair mineral analysis package at PerfectHealthConsultingServices.com to help you get healthy and stay healthy. Also, go to KristenHarperSpeaks.com to hire Kristen Harper, a health and wellness speaker, for one of your events. Be sure to visit both of Kristen's websites, PerfectHealthConsultingServices.com and K-R-I-S-T-E-N, HarperSpeaks.com. Now is the time to take your health to the next level and become the best version of yourself. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent
0: Now, you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, Blackberry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, Blackberry App World, or Android Market.
1: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Listening to tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with Kristen Harper. If you would like to connect with her, reach out via email to Kristen at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. That's Kristen That's K R I S T E N at Kristen Now, back to tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated.
2: We are back. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel and also on KFNX. And today's episode is all about 5G wireless technology, microplastics, and avoiding uh, synthetic clothes. And the second part of the hour, I have been interviewing Serge Maillet. He is located in Australia. We've been talking about 5G wireless technology. So now that we know what 5G is, and we also know the differences between 5G and 4G, I want to talk about, actually, even before we get into talking about how it affects our health, Serge, I want to ask you, Is 5G out right now? Because I've heard stories and I want to find out if it's out now. It's um, in the United States and also in Australia, if it's available, because recently I had a guest on my show and he talked to me, not on the show, but um, during a break. And he said that the 5G was out and was available in Flagstaff, Arizona. So I wanted to ask about this.
0: That's a very good question, Kristen. So uh, the short answer to that is is no. 5G is not yet commercially available uh, from carriers. And the reason that it's not yet commercially available is because that the, the 5G standard, which is under um, the 3GPP LTE standard, has not yet been fully ratified. So they're expecting this to be fully ratified by late 2019, early 2020, which means that that's about the time that we'll start seeing five G get deployed in certain areas. Now, it, it won't be fully pervasive in the early days. I think what will happen is carriers are going to be focusing on very high density areas that have um, that are having um, capacity constrained issues with their four G networks. So we'll probably start seeing this prop up in the bigger cities, such as uh, like in Los Angeles and, and New York and um, Certainly, uh, China, I would assume, will be a very early adopter just because of the high-density areas and the high population that they have and their adoption rates towards cellular technologies. But at the moment, in terms of 5G, uh, the current handsets that are available on the market, meaning like your Apple iPhones and your Android devices and so on, uh, currently only support 3G and 4G technology. So 5G is not yet uh, fully available uh, within the consumer market space. You may have some deployments that are leveraging 5G for more industrial or commercial use, but that would not be your typical uh, pervasive 5G technology throughout uh, urban areas.
2: Awesome. That's great information that you've shared. Okay, so now I want to talk about health because my show is all about health and wellness. So in what way does 5G affect our health? Well, that's a
0: very good question. <laughs> very good question. And um, the, the problem with with trying to answer that with any degree of confidence is that, from a scientific perspective, there's just still a lot of uncertainty because we've never actually deployed a similar technology using this type of spectrum. The, the RF spectrum again is between 20 gigahertz and up to 80 gigahertz, and that's that's a fairly high spectrum. What that means effectively is that. In terms of the radio waves that we're going to be hit with, and we're being hit with radio waves every day, every second, it's just a a matter of life. Some of the radio waves are are a natural phenomenon. Uh, Some of it is, or most of it will be synthetic, obviously, from things like uh, cellular technologies, microwaves, satellites, uh, FM radio, AM radio, and so on. Um, So one of the, the key considerations here is that when we move to 5G, the radio waves will be significantly different. So right now with 4G, we're looking at radio waves that are uh, in the centimetre. So we're looking at potentially 12 to 30 centimetre waves, depending on the frequency. When we move over to 5G, what that means is that because we're going to be in the very high spectrum, like 20 to 80 gigahertz, we're going to be uh, propagating radio waves that are going to be in uh, in millimetres, and that could range anywhere from one millimeter to 10 millimeters. Um, and we don't really know what that means in terms of human health. And obviously there's a lot of different um, aspects that we have to consider, like how many watts are we pushing out the transmitter end? Because that will obviously impact um, the, the effects that it will have on, um, on human biology. Um, but think of radio waves as um, a bit like um, ocean waves. So you can have very small waves, or you can have very long waves. Uh, the longer the longer the wave you have, um, the, the less um, I guess the, the less potential you would have to, to create any havoc. But if the waves start to get really short, like in let's say a very high spectrum then that has the ability to have more penetration. So think of penetration as penetrating a, a human being, for example. And in the context of a radio wave in a, an urban setting, that means that we're going to have to have a lot more base transceivers or base stations throughout the, the, the different geographic areas to be able to get the signal out to uh, the users that require the service. So that's really the implications that we're looking at when we're going from 4G to 5G is we're going to have a lot more base transmitters because we're going to be in much higher uh, frequency spectrums, um, which means that we're going to obviously get bombarded by a lot more radio waves in a much smaller um, frequency wave. And this is really what I'm concerned about is going from like a... You know, a, a system that's providing frequency waves from in centimeters to something that's providing frequency waves in millimeters—that potentially could have some uh, some deleterious impacts to human health.
2: Right, definitely. Um, wow, that's just uh, shocking. And so, what can so once this five G uh, is available, what can people do to protect their health?
0: Well, there's a lot of things that we can do. And, and the, I think part of the problem with radio frequencies and understanding what their risks are is really um, understanding their risks in the right context. And a lot of times, I find that people have a different idea of, of where there's more risk or less risk. As an example, you would think that if you're using your mobile phone and you see that it's got a low signal, that... You think, well, I'm not getting a strong signal from the base station, which means that I'm more protected, and that's that's somewhat true in the sense that you're getting less um, RF bombardment from the base station, which is not a bad thing. But the issue is, is if you're using your mobile phone in an area that's got a weak signal, it means that your mobile phone has to uh, increase the signal strength to get back to the base station. And because you're holding your phone so close to your body, so a lot of times if you're just using the handset to your ear, you're actually increasing your risk significantly. And that risk is compounded by the simple fact that you've got the transmitting device effectively, um, especially your head, which has obviously a lot of vital, um, vital components. So in terms of protecting yourself. So if you're in an area that you notice you have a very low signal, meaning like one or two bars on your mobile device, then the idea is that you want to really try to limit the time that you're using that mobile phone, like having a phone call as an example. So if if you can do that, then that's going to decrease your risk significantly. If you have a strong signal, obviously you're still going to have um, exposure to RF, but you're transmitting device, so your mobile phone, as an example, will be uh, outputting less RF power to get to the base station because it is close enough where it doesn't have to do that. And you may have noticed that sometimes when you use your mobile phone, you have very little signal. Your battery drains a lot quicker. The reason for that is because your, your mobile phone needs to increase the output power to be able to compensate for the low RF signal. So that's one way. The other way would be to use a uh, a headset with your mobile phone, or to use hands-free. So really, the, the majority of the RF risk comes from having an RF transmitter very close to um, to a body part, which could mean your head, or it could mean you know having your pocket, as an example. So if you can use a headset, whether it's a wired headset or a wireless headset, you're going to decrease your RF exposure significantly. Now there are some headsets out there that are better than others. If you can use one that has, um, they call it like an audio tube connection, and Dr. Marcola has a really good recommendation uh, for these. So they're virtually what they are. It's a it's a headset that is wired, but it, it transmits the audio through a tube, which means that you're not transmitting the audio through um, through a copper cable, which could potentially also carry RF. Through that same cable, because the circuitry in your mobile phone or your mobile device can be very close to uh, the transmitter, and just through induction alone can carry the RF uh, to that guiding wire. And given the fact that the headset is literally placed in your ear, you could also be exposing yourself to RF unknowingly, which um, is never a good thing. So. The recommendation would be to use um, one of these headsets that operates under the velocity um, of, of air tubes. And they're not very expensive. You can buy one for under um, under $50 these days. So those are, are definitely uh, highly recommended.
2: Um, And I I was just going to say, too, that uh, Dr. McCollett, like, on his website, is called My Blue Tube Headset Uses Hollow Air-Filled Tubes to Convey Sound from the Chest to the Air, Preventing Radiation from Your Phone from Traveling Up the Air-Filled Tubes to Your Head. And his headset is called Blue Tube Headset. Uh, So, Serge, we have, I'd say, about, we're down to, like, the last few minutes here. So I had a couple more questions. I... Uh, For people, a couple couple things is I've always believed in using landlines and I actually have a landline. So is that another way to protect ourselves is using a landline instead of a cell phone? That's my first question. Second question is um, to protect ourselves Um, when we're talking on the cell phone. Just put it on speakerphone and keep it away from our head. And then third, before we end, is I just want to ask you, I know there's not a lot of information as far as um, the impact that it's going to have on our health. Uh, 5G, but I just wanted to know your personal opinion, just your point of view. Do you feel that 5G will definitely have some harmful effects in terms of health?
0: Oh, all very good questions. So um, just to go to your your first question. So in terms of um, limiting your exposure, so you made a great point. If you have the opportunity to use a landline over a mobile phone, then that would definitely be my preferred option because you're going to effectively mitigate all of the RS uh, exposure that you have uh, from that perspective. Unfortunately, you know, most people are using mobile phone these days and they're, they're very convenient. That's why we uh, we seem to gravitate towards them. So I don't think it's completely unavoidable. Um, I just think we have to be just a bit more mindful of when we're using a mobile phone to look at things like, well, what's the signal strength on my phone? Is it adequate enough to get to the base station without having to increase the output power to, you know, 300-plus milliwatts, something that's tied to my head? Can I use, you know, secondly, can I use a some form of headset? And some are going to be better than others. So if you can use an air tube type headset, that's going to be better than a wired headset or a wireless headset. Um, the other thing that I like to do is when I go to sleep at night, I always put my mobile phone in, um, in flight mode. So, I, What that does, it effectively disables the radio, um, which, uh, which basically stops the RF from happening while you're sleeping. And I think when you're sleeping is when you really want to try to minimize the RF exposure that you have. That's probably where you're going to be more susceptible to some of the health impacts. So these are all steps you can take to really try to mitigate some of the RF exposure and the potential uh, risks associated with that. I don't think it's to avoid it completely. I just think it's to understand it and to try to manage and mitigate the risk uh, to a a more acceptable level.
2: Right. Uh, Very good information. I really appreciate you coming on. And just to end the show here, I just want to find out, too, if you could... uh, Let my listeners know if they want to learn more about 5G, if you have any resources for them, and also if they have questions, how they can reach you.
0: Sure, no worries. Um, So my personal opinion is that I think there's some reasons to be concerned with with 5G and what that means. And I'm not necessarily concerned with the 5G infrastructure to be able to provide the service. I'm more concerned with 5G end-user devices. So, for example, the mobile phones and the laptops and so on, because those will, will have... Uh, a sort of antenna arrays installed to be able to deal with the smaller cells and the millimeter uh, radio frequency waves. Um, I think we're going to need a number of years to go through uh, more detailed studies and to understand if, if there are true um, health impacts and what they are. Uh, at the moment, there's just not enough scientific consensus to say one way or the other. There's just a lot of scientific uncertainty. Um
2: Okay, and, 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 we, and we actually have to um, close right now, Serge. So um, they want to get more information about 5G or get a hold of you. How do they do that?
0: Uh, they can reach me, uh, my, my personal email address, which is uh, serge at com. All
2: right, thank you so much for coming on. It was great to talk to you. I wish you my best.
0: Thank you, likewise
2: okay and this is kristen harper radio show host my show is tips to keep you healthy happy and motivated on voice america's health and wellness channel and also on kfnx thanks for tuning in today and make sure you tune in next week on tuesday at 3 p.m pacific time on tuesday on voice america and also on kfnx on sunday at 8 p.m mountain standard time take care
1: for being a part of the show this week tips to keep you healthy, happy and motivated with your host Kristen Harper can be heard live every Tuesday at 6pm Eastern Time and 3pm Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel Kristen can't wait to speak again next week